This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. How's everybody doing today? Well, happy Mother's Day to all of our wonderful moms. How many of you guys know that our lives would be in a disastrous wreck if it were not for moms? Can I get a witness? I was pretty weak, too. I won't make you, you know, uh, um, redo that. Well, hey, I, uh, for those of you who don't know, I am uh, Brian Kalsrup. I'm uh, the assistant pastor here and the youth pastor. A lot of you guys know me, but some of you don't. And uh, Pastor Mike uh, asked me to speak today, and so I said, all right. So um, it's funny, though, how, how just the Lord works sometimes um, in my life because this week I was just going on about my normal business, doing my normal thing, and uh, I actually was walking. Uh, the, the lights were completely out, and everybody was, you know, in bed or going to sleep, and, and uh, uh, the Lord just dropped this story in my heart. It's so funny, though, because I'm like, Lord, I can't tell that story. It's so embarrassing. And uh, I'm like, are you sure? That's the stupidest story of, of, you know, one of the stupidest stories of my childhood. You know, and he's like, no, I want you to tell that story and, and uh, talk about um, the subject of authority. And, uh, and so um, I'm going to tell this story and, and uh, don't hold it against me. <sighs> um, because uh, it's just a funny, it's, it's really a funny story and I, and I joke, but when I was little, uh, when I was six or seven years old, uh, actually when I was little, I spent a lot of time at my, uh, at my cousin's house, the Sudmans, and uh, they had uh, all, you know, they lived on a farm, and they had all these animals, and my cousin, he had, uh, he raised birds. Uh, he raised, I mean, you name the bird, he had it. I mean, pen upon pen, I mean, pen after pen after pen of birds, you know, like, uh, all different breeds of pheasants and all different breeds of peacocks and turkeys and ducks and you name it, right? And so, you know, we would go uh, to his house and, and uh, um, you know, he was handicapped and so I would help him do the chores every single day. And uh, so we would pull up on our four-wheelers, you know, and uh, but there's something that we did was is that we, would, we wouldn't go right up to the pens, we would stop short, you know, kind of a, a little ways back behind these evergreen trees that he had. And, and uh, uh, you know, um, he, he would say, you know, now what you're going to do here, Brian, is you're going to go to the shed, you're going to get a bucket of, of feed, and then you're going to go to each, each pen. And you're going to feed, you know, dump it in there. And I was like, well, you know, what's the big deal? He goes, well, there's one bird, and uh, it, it's a killer rooster. And uh, what? He's like, yeah, you know, it, it has, you got to be really careful, Brian, because this thing's got these big spurs on his legs. And if he gets a hold of you, he will, you know, he'll, he'll hit you. And I was like, really? I'm like, you know, and so I was just, you know, seven, eight years old, just young, you know, and I can remember, you know, it's just one of these things where it's like, okay, where's this crazy killer chicken, right? And you're, you're, you're looking and then you hear it. Now, here's the thing. Darren would always say, listen, if you just get to the shed, shut the door, he can't get in there. You get the feed, and then you can get from one pen to the next pen to the next pen, and, and you won't die today. 
And so I'm like, okay, you know, and so, so I, I, I'm sneaking through the evergreen trees, and I can see the shed, but then all of a sudden you can hear the, the you know, the, uh, what's, what's a chicken sound make? What's that? A cluck, not a cluck. <laughs> cluck, cluck, cluck. No, that's a hen, right? No, roosters, they're like, you know, and they're flapping their wings, you know. Now you got it. You guys are with me. He's shaking his head. He knows what I'm talking about. So, you know, you're sneaking and you're listening for that sound of a, a rooster, killer rooster running after you to kill you. And so, man, I just run with all my might to that shed. I shut the door. And I was, but, I, but I never saw the killer chicken. And so I get the pan, you know, I get the coffee can of feed. I get a couple of them. You know, you got two of them. So it's like, you know, you got to set one down, open the door, pick it up, right? And now the, the job is I got to get from one pen to the next pen. Now, here's the problem. You know, you know those little slide bolts that they put on on barns and stuff they're all great if it's loose if the door's like really nice and loose they just slide real easy now if that door is warped you got another problem because now you're having to push on it and you're trying to try to get that thing to open up and so the first one you know it's like here comes that chicken man he's just running through and you know you know and you get inside you know you know this thing this is a 10 pound bird right I know, you're laughing at me like, why are you afraid of a chicken? Listen, my cousin, he was over there at night. He didn't share with me, you know, anything about how to overcome this chicken and how to, you know, that, that I had authority over this chicken. No, man, he just, he'd, he'd say, run, Brian, run, and then he'd laugh. <laughs> you know, and so I would go, you know, I'd get from one pen to the next pen to the next pen, and then, you know, I'd run out of there, and, and I mean to tell you, every time I went to Darren's house, it's like this, this off-white rooster would be waiting in the shadows <laughs> to attack me, right? And, and, you know, the thing is, is it reminds me a lot of this verse of Scripture. It's found in 1 Peter 5, 8, right? It says, be alert, right? Sober-minded, your enemy, or a rooster chicken, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This killer chicken was looking for a seven-year-old to devour. <laughs> you guys are laughing like, this is the stupidest story I've ever heard, Brian. I know. But here's the thing. You know, when I think about this verse of Scripture, that killer rooster is just like the devil. Really? Yeah, he is. Why? Because he, he, the devil is, is, is going about looking for unsuspecting people. People that don't know that they have authority, that they don't know that they have rights and privileges that have been given to them. And so what does he do? He, he, he you know, terrorizes them. He brings them to fear. He, he makes them question things. He, 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 he terrorizes them just like this chicken. I mean, I'm just like waiting and hiding and looking and waiting. And I'm like, oh, you know, you know, and I'm not saying that we're doing that with the devil per se, where we're hiding from the devil. But I mean to tell you, there, there, are, there are things that the devil is doing in our lives as believers, and we're just letting him. We're just letting him, you know, uh, come in and terrorize us and have his way. And, and, and the thing that I want you guys to get today is, is that 
that God did something for us and he gave us something that's, that's called authority over the enemy, over Satan, over our adversary. We don't have to be terrorized. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to, to be defeated, right? We've seen more in this last year where, where fear is being pushed upon us. And I mean to tell you, it saddens me because it's like believers, you know, Jesus came, he paid a high price so that we would not live in fear. Yet, a whole host of humanity is living in fear. So the title of my message today, I didn't bring notes today because Wanda doesn't like to fill out the, the blanks, and so I just decided, well, it's Mother's Day. I'll keep it short. They can just write some notes and get something out of it. And she's probably not even here to defend herself, but you hear Wanda? Actually, she really likes my notes, but I just ran out of time, and I couldn't, I couldn't put all this down. I had a lot of verses of Scripture, and I just decided, you know what? We're just going to go in, get this done, because these people, they got places to go, people to see, Monopoly to play, all these different things, because it's Mother's Day. But the point that I want you guys to understand today is we're going to talk about this. I'm going to title my message, if you're taking notes, Wanda, or anybody else, is Two Chickens and Your Authority. Okay. Now, you might be wondering, my, wondering yourself, I can see Steve's eyes, he's wondering to himself, you only told us about one chicken, I know. I'll tell you about the other chicken when I get to the end of this message. So you've got to stay awake, hear the story of the second chicken, okay? So, the first thing that we need to look at is, is we, I want to look here at Mark one twenty seven. It says this, then they were all amazed, so they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this, right? So this is a story about Jesus, right? And it goes on to say, it says, what is this? What is this new doctrine is this? For the authority he commands, even unclean spirits obey him. And so what we see here is, is this is a story where Jesus was, was uh, taking authority over unclean spirits. And, and these people, these followers, or just these people that were in the area, they had never seen what it was that Jesus did. He basically cast out a demon out of this person. And so they were just amazed at his authority because what you got to understand is, is that there were all these Pharisees and these religious people that, that they, they, knew, they knew about God, but there was no power. There was no authority that followed what it was that they said. And so here they are for the first time and they're seeing Jesus walk in authority. There's authority and there's, there's power that's coming from what it is that he's saying. You know, and, and, and I, I got to tell you guys, you know, that is how the church should be right now. The church should be that way. And it's not just the pastor or me. It's all of us understanding our authority as a believer and walking in it. We all make up the church, right? I heard this story about this minister that went to Africa, and he was in a church of 120,000 uh, people uh, uh, preaching. And this church was known because there was a hospital there that, that people would go and the doctors would work with them. And if it wasn't a physical problem, right, that they could help with, and it was a, they would say, these, do, these actual doctors would say, it is a spiritual problem that we cannot help you with. You need to go down the road to that church and you need to, they need to pray for you. And when you go down the road to that church and, and, and they pray for you, you will be delivered. And I mean to tell you, this church that was in Africa, they understood something about their authority, this authority of deliverance, that, that, that they have authority, they have power, we can pray for you, and you will be delivered. Now, 
The question, though, is, is that do we understand that? Do we walk in that same power and that same authority and that same knowledge? Are we like me as a seven-year-old, right, being terrorized by a chicken in our lives? Do we know that we have authority? So the first thing that we need to understand is where authority comes from. We have to understand that God gave Adam dominion. Do you know that? In Genesis 1.28, it says, God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. So he said to Adam, I want you to do all of these things and I want you to subdue it. And he goes on to say, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So if you're a fisherman, that's a verse of scripture you can stand on when you go to the lake, right? Rusty, you can't catch anything, but now you can because you have dominion over the fish. So God gave Adam dominion. And so if you read in the first, second, and third chapter of, of, of Genesis, you can see that, that God gave, he, he, he made man in his image, and he said, okay, the earth is yours, right? And he, he, it's like this. He gave the key to Adam. He said, there you go, buddy. The authority is yours. The dominion is yours. I want you to rule over it. I want you to, to subdue it. I want you to, to uh, subdue everything that goes on in the earth. You take care of it. It's your authority. But what happens? We see in the first three chapters of Genesis, Adam screwed it up, right? He screwed it up. And when he screwed it up, now, I'm not going to give these to, but, but what happened is Satan, which we almost got, just, it's just for illustration purposes, <laughs> Right? When Adam bowed his knee, and, 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 and you got to understand, he, God said, listen, this whole thing is yours, Adam. He said, George, everything is yours. You got it. It's all yours. And he said, but this tree is mine. It's under my authority. This is all under your authority. The tree's under my authority. You leave this alone. But Adam couldn't do it. George couldn't do it. And when he, he said, oh, well, what's this over here? He gave the power, the authority, the ability to the enemy, right? Which is not the enemy, but you get it, right? And so we have to understand that, that, that so that's what happened. And that was kind of the beginning or the origin of it. And as we go on here, it says all authority was given to Jesus, right? Matthew 28, 18 says it this way. It says, uh, that Jesus came to them and said, all authority is given in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So we can see that, that Jesus came to the earth as a man. He left his power, his ability. He came as a man. And when he came to the earth, he, he walked the earth for many, many years and never did a miracle, never cast out a demon, nothing. It was, we can see right here that it was given to him. Another thing is, is that authority comes from the Father. We need to understand that just as Adam was given the dominion, he was given the authority, it comes from the Father. Look at what it says here in John 12, 49. It says, I do not speak on my own authority. This is Jesus talking. I don't speak on my own authority. So even Jesus knew that, the, that his authority came from the Father. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. So all authority is delegated, right? In, in the spiritual realm, 
Our authority is delegated to us. Much in the, in the natural realm, when you go to work, you have a job, there's authority, there's power that's given to you, delegated to you. This is where you are. This is what you do. It's delegated authority and power. In the church, in the home, we all have positions. I like what, I like what Joe McGee says, right? It's, it's uh, God over man, man over the woman, woman over the kids, kids over the dog, dog over the cat. Cat over the mouse, mouse over the cheese, cheese over the cracker. I got. It. I love the. I love cheese and crackers, right? So it's this process, right, of of order that we're talking about here, where where we all have a place, we all have a position. It's not that anything, any any one or anything like that is greater per se. It's just that that this is how God has ordained our lives. That there's authority, there's order. And and when we walk in that, that's when the blessing comes. And so the Father, the other thing that we need to know is is that the the Father does the work. Look at what it says here in John 14.10. John 14.10 says, do you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and does his work through me. So Jesus, right? The, the man that walked the earth and, and that we celebrate and we should. He did it. He did it through the works that he did were through the Father. The Father brought him that power, brought that, that authority, and the Father worked through him. And in much the same way, the Father needs to be working through us. The authority that we've been given is not just so that, hey, we can win, which, which winning is great. But it's, it's so that he can work through us to, to walk in this earth to, just as he, he told Adam in the very beginning, to subdue it and rule over it. That was our job. Not only was it Adam's job, but it's our job as believers to walk in that authority and walk in that power. And that's, it's done through the Father. And so when we speak, when we speak what it is that the Word of God says, that's the Father speaking. It's, he's speaking through us. The question is, is do, do you uh, believe that the Father is, you, is in you and you are in the Father? Do you believe that? Because the thing is, guys, is it's just like when I was terrorized by that chicken, I wasn't walking in something. And, and so all of these scriptures that are in the Bible, they're, they're there for us. They're there for our admonition. They're there for, to, to, to say, listen, we need to walk in this. But I kind of think that maybe we should tear some of these scriptures out if we're not going to walk in the authority and in the power and, and, and do what it is that he told us to do. Another thing is, is that Jesus didn't, didn't speak on his own authority, but we see also that the Spirit didn't. Look at this, John 16, 13. It says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So listen, guys. If Jesus didn't speak on his own authority and the Spirit doesn't speak on his own authority, we don't speak on our own authority. We speak on the authority of our Father who is in heaven. He's, he's given us these promises. He's given us these instructions. He, he's done what it is that he's going to do. Now it's up to us to speak what it is that the Father is telling us to speak. You know, it's kind of like when the police pulls you over, Right? If Steve or one of the people that Steve is under Steve pull us over, right? We were speeding this morning. I thought, man, this is really going to be great. I'm going to have a real story because I'm speeding. But when they pull me over, right? And in his case, it's not that person. It's not the policeman. It's not his authority. 
He's speaking in the authority of Pottawatomie County, right? And if you are in the inter- on the interstate, it's the, the authority of the state, right? Or if you're in the city and you're breaking city laws and a cop pulls you over, it's the power of the city. And the same thing is true when it comes to our authority. It's, it's from the Father. And so when we tell Satan to get out of our house, it's not me speaking Satan, get out of my house. Now, we can do it that way. We can be in the flesh and we can be mad about it and we can say, I'm just mad about it. But we have to remember that it's the Father that is speaking through us to the enemy. The key to faith is understanding authority. You know, another thing that that we need to make, you know, I just want to touch on briefly is the fact that in Colossians 2.15, it said that, that when the enemy got the, the keys. Je- when Jesus walked the earth, he walked in this authority to illustrate it to us. But it goes on to say in, in Colossians 2.15 that it says that he made a show of them openly, triumphing over him them in it. So it was a part of Jesus' work when it comes to this whole authority where, where you know Satan had the keys and Jesus came and he made a show of them openly. And what he did is he took back those keys. It says in Revelations 1.18 that it says, I have the keys. I have the keys. So how do we get it? All authority and, and all authority is given to us. Look at Luke 9.1. It says right here, when Jesus had called to the twelve, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and cure diseases. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in that authority. I want to walk in that power. I hope that, that you do. I hope that you, you know, that what Jesus gave, gave us, we should be walking. You know, when I pray, I want my prayers to work. When I speak, I want my words to work. Luke 10, 19 says it this way. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, listen to this, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But are we walking that way? You know, are we going about our lives? You know, are we acting and, and, and carrying ourselves, just like this says, over all the power of the enemy? Or are we walking through life and it's just like, well, that's a little bit too big, right? When we don't know what it is that, you know, might be going on with us physically, and when the doctor doesn't know, and so-and-so doesn't know, and there's this big question mark in our head, and it's like, what is this? I'll tell you what it is. It's an attack of the enemy that he told us that we have authority and we have power over. But we don't act that way. We walk through life and we question it and we think, oh my God, and we go from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. We never say anything. We never use our mouth. We never walk in the authority that's been given to us. We're just like I was, that seven-year-old, just being terrorized by that killer chicken. But he, he, he paid the price and he gave us the authority and he said, it's all over all the power of the enemy. Yes. Matthew 21, 18. Look at what this says. This is when Jesus was you know, walking on the road. It says, in the morning uh, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry. He noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see it uh, and there were any, if there were any figs. But there was only leaves. And then he said, May you never bear fruit again, and immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed 
And they saw this and they asked, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? And Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, that if you have faith and you do not doubt, you can do anything like this and much more. Did you guys get that? Jesus told them, you can do this exact thing and much more in your life. When it comes to situations, when things are coming against you, you can do this and much more. Immediately it withered up. And, you know, and, and so it's the, the father told him, it, it, he worked through Jesus and he spoke to that tree and that tree died. Great example of this was the other night. We, I took, uh, I took uh, Emily and Will out to mow his yard. And uh, we get in mowing the yard and we decided, well, let's go put the kayaks you know, on the pond and let Will and Emily pal around. Emily loves to catch frogs. So there we are. I throw these kayaks out there, you know, and Emily takes off and she's going off to look for frogs and Will's just sitting there. I mean, it was, a, it was the craziest thing. Like he went out about 20 foot and sat there sideways and didn't move. It's not like Will. If anybody, anybody knows Will, so there he sits. I didn't think anything of it. We get home. I put every, we're putting everything away. And I walk into the closet, and Rachel's like, Will has a fever. And I, I didn't think anything of it. I thought, oh, okay, well, no wonder. He was sitting out there in the middle of the pond just doing nothing, like, like this, just sitting there. So I, I turn around, and I, I get done. I, I'm walking to the kitchen, and he's laying over on the floor looking at the TV. I never understood that, why kids can watch TVs like this. But anyway, there he sits. And this question comes to me, what are you going to do about that? This is what I'm talking about, guys. It's this authority and the power that has been given to us. It's from the Father. He's given it to us, and he's asking us, what are we going to do about it? Now, we don't approach it that way. A lot of times we, we think, well, we have a fever, and so I'm going to pray for him. No. We are redeemed from the curse. My son is redeemed from the curse. I've been given authority and more power. And so what I did is I walked right over to him and I laid down with him and he's still watching TV and I put my hand on his head and I commanded the fever to leave his head. And, and, and the thing is, guys, is that it's not me speaking. It's the father speaking through me to the situation that, that he sent his son Jesus to pay for. So I'm just the conduit. I'm just the person that, you know, the power is flowing through. I got nothing to do. it. I can't heal nothing, but he can. But it's up to us to walk in that. It's up to us to exercise what it is that we know to be true. And so we, you know, we have to, we have to see these things. We have to understand these things. We have to operate in these things. He didn't do this just for, because he was bored and he sent Jesus down here to, to walk the earth and, and heal the sick. And he did, it wasn't, that wasn't the point. The point was is that he came to empower us and give us authority. And so, um, you know, I know, this, I know that, that, that when you get into the midst of these situations, though, they can be tough, right? You know, a fever... Now, if we were to scale it all out, it's like, well, a fever is much easier to, to speak over. But we have to remember, it's not our power. It's his power. He's given us the authority. So it doesn't matter if it's, if it's a fever, if it doesn't matter if it's, you know, something more serious. But I know in my own life, you know, there's been times where, you know, I can remember one time in particular where, where Rachel wasn't feeling good and, and, I, and, and nothing, you know, no word came to me like, like it did that night I was walking through there. 
And so, you know, you're just like, you're kind of like, oh, hum, you know, let's pray about this. You know, the attitude about it is not the same, right? It's like, it's like wait a minute, you know, you don't, you don't remember that. And so, you know, we prayed about it a few times and, and, and this went on, it kind of drug on. And I just, I can, I can remember one night, you know, she was telling me about, you know, some things that, were, were, that weren't feeling good. And just like that, I was just like, what have I been doing? Or what have I not been doing, right? And I said, I said, you know, and, and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't anger. It wasn't fleshly. It wasn't, it was just like, my God, I have authority over this situation. And I haven't been sticking to it. And so, man, we, we grabbed hands and we, we began to speak the word over that situation and it went away, you know. And so, so, you know, it's just understanding this authority and walking in it. So, number two, we get authority by doing the will of the Father. We get authority by doing the will of the Father. Look at Matthew 21. Actually, it's a continuation. I'm sorry. It got off there a little bit. You know what? Let's skip forward. Okay? So, we're doing the will of the Father. That's what we're doing. When, when, when we walk in what it is that God has given to us, we're doing the will of the Father. It'd be like this. If I told, I told Andrew, Andrew, my, who's my son, I said, son, I want you to go to the bank and get $1,000 out of the bank. Okay? Now, this is just a joke. Don't go do it. Okay? It's just for illustration purposes only. I want to make that real clear. You know, sometimes we have miscommunications, and he'd go down there and get 1000 bucks out of there. But if I told Andrew, I said, Andrew, I want you to go down there and get $1,000. And he goes down there and he walks in. And he says, hey, I want $1,000. My dad told me to come and get it. They, I would hope, right? I won't name the bank. I would hope that they would call me and say, did you authorize your son to come down here and get $1,000? And I would say, yeah, I, I authorized it. My account number is this. My social security number is this. And they would, what they would, they would do they would give him the $1,000. Now, if they called me up and I said, no, I did not authorize him to come down there and get $1,000. But the same thing is true when it comes to us as believers, right? When we have something, a need in our life, whether it's financial, whether it's health, we go to the bank of the kingdom, right? And we say, I'm here to get my healing. I'm here to get my deliverance. I'm here, and then they call the Father, and they say, Father, did you authorize this? Absolutely, I authorized it. I sent my son Jesus. He took stripes on, on his back. And so, in turn, we get that. And that's how this works when it comes to the authorization that comes from the Father. So how do we lose it? You know, we talked about how we get it. How do we lose it? Look at what Matthew 8 says. It says, this is probably one of my favorite stories you know, in the Bible is this story right here. It says, when Jesus came to Calpurnum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. He said, Lord, my young servant lies at bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. In verse eight, it says, but the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you come unto my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. In verse 9, it says, I know this because I am under authority of my superior officers. I have authority over my soldiers. I say to one, go, and he goes, and I say to another one, come, and he comes. In verse 10, it says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. This guy is a Roman, right? He's not even a Jew, 
right? Jesus was sent to the Jews. So this guy was, was, was completely out of the realm of, of you know, God's people. And this guy's like, all you got to do is say the word. He understood authority. He understood that he was under authority. He understood that his words carried power. He understood that when he speaks, people move, right? And when somebody that's above him speaks, he moves. And so we can see right here that, that um, the one way that we lose our authority, though, is when we come out from under the authority, right? When we come out from that delegated authority. We want great faith. I, I know there's people that they want great faith, but this whole idea of submitting to authority, and we've seen this really, really evident in our world today, is this whole thing when it comes to submitting to authority. There's many people that don't want to do that. But when we don't submit ourselves to our boss, to God, to, to you know, our husband, and I know that, that you know, we get into that and people will get all riled up, but the reality of it is, is it's just like that, that whole order that God has. There, there's a reason for it. And when we step out from underneath of it, we're stepping out from under the authority that we have. It's kind of like if we had a big steel uh, umbrella, man, and it's, it's hailing, I mean, you know, just big giant softball and bowling ball sized pieces of hail and they're falling down, but we've got this big giant steel umbrella. It's, we're under the authority. But what happens is, is that we're like, we, we, we step out from under that. I see it all the time, you know, in, in all the years of ministry, it's like people make decisions to leave the church. Like this church, the church is an umbrella of authority. Your pastor is an umbrella of authority over your life. And there are people that, that they're, they're strolling through life and they get a wild hair and they're like, and they don't talk to God. And they, next thing you know, they step out from under the authority. And then it's pop, 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 right? And it's like, ow, you know, what's going on? And then we have the audacity to ask God, like, what, what, where are you? What are you doing? Well, you stepped out from under the authority. I never told you to move. I never told you to get out from under that, but you did, and so this is where you're at. But a lot of times we do that, and we, we want to blame God. And so, you know, someone in authority, you know, whether it's God or a boss, a parent, a pastor, you know, we, 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 we have to submit to them. They might not be right all the time, but it's just the, the order of God and the kingdom of God, and it's how it works. First uh, Corinthians eleven thirteen, or I'm sorry, eleven three says it this way. It says, "But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the wife is the husband, and the head of Christ is God." So the authority is for good. And I mean to tell you guys, if you study this out, you know, if you've got a, I would encourage you to download Logos uh, app. It's a great app that you can, it's a Bible app where you can, you know, look up a verse and there's cross references. And I mean to tell you guys, I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but, but the point that I'm trying to make is, is that when it comes to this, you know, being under authority, there's such great blessing that's attached to it. It's like in uh, uh, Colossians 2.18, it says, uh, in verse 19, I'm sorry, it says, not holding fast to the head. It's talking about people that are, are not holding fast to the authority that they're under. They're not ho holding fast to Jesus. And it says, from whom all the body is nourished. Is that what it says? 
I don't know. We got we got different versions around here. But this version says that the, they don't they don't hold fast to the head or they don't hold fast to Jesus. Therefore they're not nourished and they don't grow and they don't increase. And so the point that I'm trying to get at it is 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 that when we're under authority, we grow, we're nourished and we're blessed by it. So, four things real quick and then we'll be done. I want to talk to you about four things how we use our authority. Number one, don't give the devil an opportunity, right? Uh, look at Ephesians 4.27. It says it this way. Don't give place, right? Don't give place. Some versions say don't give opportunity. Another, another thought I had is, is don't give the devil a position in your life. I can remember, man, I played uh, post in high school and my coach constantly yelled at me when it came to being down low and he was, he was always saying, you know, get in your position, get, you know, and what was he saying? He's like, listen, you, 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 the ball's going to be shot. And if you're in position between your man and the hoop, you're okay. But if you get out of position and, and the opponent gets between you and the hoop, you have problems. You know, and, and that's a lot like when, when it comes to our lives, guys. You know, if we're out of position, if we're walking in at, uh, wrath, if we have anger, if we have uh, unforgiveness in our hearts, if we have animosity, if we have strife, if we're allowing those things into our lives, looking at things that we shouldn't be looking at, talking in a way that we shouldn't be talking, what are we doing? We're doing exactly what he told us not to do, and that is give the devil a position or a place or an opportunity in our lives. So that's number one. Number two, Number two thing that we need to do in how we use our authority is we need to submit to God. Submit to God. And this goes back to what it is that I said before. But look at what James 4, 7 says. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. You can't resist the devil without first submitting to God. Right? So if you're not submitted, if your heart is not submitted to the things of God and what it is that he wants, you can resist all day long and it will be of no effect, right? If, let's put it to you this way. If, if saying yes to God is like saying no to the devil, then saying no to God is like saying yes to the devil, right? And so we have to understand that we have to be submitted to God and what it is that he instructed us to do. Number three thing that we can do when it comes to our authority is stand firm and resist. Stand firm and resist. This is in 1 Peter 5.8. It says, be alert. Like I said in the beginning, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9, resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith. You know, when I was thinking about this, you know, there's times where, you know, like a wild animal or even a dog or a cat, it's like you tell it to get out of here and it doesn't leave, it comes back, right? And you got to get, get out, get out of here. I can remember Smith Wigglesworth. He, he told the story of a woman that was, she had a little dog and she was going to leave and she's walking down the sidewalk and, and she said, you go on back home now. And that dog didn't do anything. She said, get, get going. And the dog kind of turned around, walked away a little bit, and he came back. She said, now you get. And she stepped, stomped her foot, and that dog took off, right? And I tell you what, guys, that's what this is telling us. It's saying stand firm and resist. 
Stand firm and resist. There's going to be times where you're going to take that initial, that initial step of authority in your life and you're going to say, no, right? And you're going to see a change. You're going to see the symptoms leave. You're going to see a change in that circumstance. And then that thing's going to try and come back. And that's where this verse of Scripture comes in that says, no, 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 no. I told you once, get out of here. That's where you stand firm. That, you know, but a lot of times we get into this place where we question. Like, oh man, you know, maybe my prayer didn't work or maybe I'm not living right or, you know, or whatever. We go down that road. No, he told us to resist standing firm in the faith. And it's like in Ephesians 6.10, it's, it's our strength is in him. Our strength is in the Lord. John 4.4 4 says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So it's not that you're standing in your own strength. No, you're standing in his strength. You're operating in his power. You're doing his work in the earth, in your family, in your, in your job, in, in your sphere of life. Number four is speak over the situation. Speak over the situation. Matthew 18, 18 says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know, it's Mother's Day, and I know, you know, my wife has many, many times told the kids no, right? What do they come back and say? Why? Because I said no, right? I mean, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. The same thing is true when it comes to our words. And when we bind things on earth, our yes is yes, and our no is no. So... You're probably wondering, what about this other chicken? <laughs> Steve Winchell had a similar chicken to a, a, a rooster. It was much more beautiful. It was not an off-white. It was some other color. And he was telling me yesterday on the phone, this thing was beautiful when it was little. I mean, the kids petted this thing, and they you know, loved on it and you know, coddled it. and It was great right? But then that chicken grew up. And the way the story goes, you can ask him when the service is over with, that chicken started getting mean, right? Now, there's only one mistake that I see in this story about this chicken is, is that Steve said that it started to attack his kids, right? So it's being mean, picking on his kids, and he didn't do anything about it. That's the one mistake he did. Then started picking on his wife and started messing with her, and he still didn't do anything about it. But then there came a day where this chicken got bold, and this chicken started attacking. I don't know if you've ever stood next to Steve, but you feel like a small man, right? <laughs> Go stand next to him after this. But this chicken had the audacity to attack Steve Winchell. Now, Steve knew something that I didn't know when I was a seven-year-old. And he said, uh-uh, that bird just crossed the line. And what did he do? He blew his hat off. <laughs> so what's the point? And then he ate it, I think. Didn't you eat it? Yeah. He put it on a rotisserie. He loves to camp. He does that kind of stuff. He only made one mistake in that story. He let the chicken mess with his kids. 
He let the chicken mess with his wife, but he redeemed himself. You know why? Because, it's funny, and he, he asked me the same question. He asked me a question via text. Why are you going to use this? Why are you going to use this illustration? I'll tell you why. Because it's no different. It parallels, guys, what we're talking about here today. It absolutely parallels it. We're walking through life, and our kids have infirmities, and they have things that are going on, and they have situations that are going on, and we don't do anything about it. We need to do something about it, right? Husbands, your wives, they got something going on. You need to man up. You're above them, right? Not, not, in, a, not in a demeaning way. You're, you have, it's the, it's the order in which God set it up. And you have to step up and you say, no, 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 you don't, devil. I'm not doing that. And that's what Steve did when this thing attacked him. He's like, you know what? You've crossed the line. And you have, we, have to, we have to be wise when we're going through life. And in these circumstances, we have to be wise. We have to, we have to recognize and see the enemy for who he is. And when he pops up his head and he, he comes around and he's like that chicken and he's in the, in the shadows and he's trying to, trying to terrorize you, you need to say, uh-uh. And you need to go to the Word of God. You need to find out what the Word of God says about that situation. And then you need to stand in authority that the Father is backing. And when you do that, you will change the situation and you will be walking in the will of the Father. Okay? So I want to do something today because, um, you know, um, as, as we close, I want, this is simple, guys. It really is. And so... We're going to pray for people that are in here that have something going on in their life. And we're not going to ask them what that thing is. We, we don't care. We don't care. We are a family of believers. We are a spiritual family. And you know what? We're going to take, we're going to stand in the authority that we've been given. We're going to put our hand on that person, that brother and that sister. And we're going to pray with them and agree with them and strengthen them through prayer. So, Linda, if you want to come up, uh, you know, so if there's anybody in here today, and you just got to be bold, but you got to understand, guys, we are a family. If there's something that you have need of, wouldn't you stand up and you say, stand up right now. If there's, some, if there's anybody in here, there's something that's going on in your life, and, and you got a problem, there we got one, we got two, there you go, come on. Anybody else in here that wants to stand up, you got something going on, and... Uh, as Linda begins to play, play, here's what I want you guys to do. I, if there's somebody that's in your section, I want you guys to go down there. I want you guys to just put your hand on their shoulder, okay? And we're going to pray as a group of people for these fellow family members, right? So go ahead. And, and, and those of you that don't have a need, go ahead and stand up. Go down, put your, put your hand on their shoulder uh, or somewhere on them. And let's agree together. Let's agree together. Listen, listen, family, we have authority. We've just learned that we have authority. And, 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 and so today we're going to stand in that authority. We're going to take uh, authority over these situations that we find in our family. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. And Father, I just thank you for each and every single one that's in this place that have needs. Father, you sent your son. He took stripes upon his back to redeem, to redeem us from these situations. Father, you know what each and every person has need of today. And so today, as an, as an act of our faith, as an act of our authority, as an act of, of, of heaven backing us, we take authority over these situations. 
and we add our faith together with them, we agree with them that this situation is done. This situation is over with. This sickness has to go. This report is, is false and it will come to naught. The strife and the things that, are, that we're dealing with have to go right now in Jesus' name. If there's, if there's loved ones that need to come back to the, to, the, to the kingdom, if there's kids that have gone astray, we agree together with them today and we call those kids back right now in the name that is above every name. I thank you, Lord, that each and every situation that is in here today is loosed in Jesus' name, because your word tells us that what we loose on earth will be loose, and what we bind on earth will be bound. And so today, it is finished because of what the Father did in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Okay, now listen, 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 before you go back to your seat, let's find a mom. Let's find a mom. Let's, 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 let's put our hands on a mom. Find a mom next to you, and let's pray for the moms. Okay, Father, we just want to thank you for these moms that bless our lives. They bring so much blessing to us, Father. But Lord, today, I pray that you would strengthen each and every one of them with might by your Spirit. Father, I know that, that, that times can be tough, things can be tiring, but Father God, you will, you will strengthen them. You will uphold them. You will bring them strength, Father God, and joy and happiness, Father. We thank you, Lord, for what it is that you're doing in our moms to continue to raise godly kids, the next generation, Father. Thank you for, for strengthening them with might by your Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. All right, now you can be seated. Amen. Now listen, here's the deal. When you go out this week, you don't have to look for a killer rooster. But if a killer rooster shows up, it has big spurs on its legs, you put that chicken in its place. Because that's what it is. It's a chicken. Okay? All right, we're going to take up a quick offering here.